This is Alex Haddix from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to Karate Cafe. Disconnecting McDojos in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial art conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Go to www.piranagear.com for all your martial art equipment needs. And now, here are your hosts, Dan and Paul. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Karate Cafe. I am your host, Paul Wilson. And with me, believe it or not, is my co-host, Dan Williams. Dan, how are you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm back from fighting ninjas in East Asia. As opposed to West Asia? Sure. I guess I really don't know much of the difference, but um, wherever they were, that's where I was fighting them. Ah, well done you. Well done you. Good to have you back. Uh, we <laughs> missed you, and I'm sure all our listeners missed you too, because all I had to listen to was me. And uh, it's good to have you back on. Yeah, it's good to it's good to be back on. You know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a while, and I know you were busy, and uh, now we uh, we had we've got a really great topic. But before we get to that, I just want to mention, uh, as I've been sharing with you, we've had lots of great downloads, lots of new uh, listeners, and lots of new countries that that haven't uh, downloaded us before. And I just want to say, personally for me, uh, thanks. That's it's great. Yeah, I, I actually saw. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I um. Uh, I visit the site Reddit fairly often, R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. It's like a news aggregator like Dig, if anybody's gone to there. And uh, in the martial arts section, I saw somebody said, hey, you know, I listen to Karate Cafe, and I'm wondering if you guys know of any other uh, martial arts podcasts. And I was like, hey, I know Karate Cafe. <laughs> and and no, there are no other martial art podcasts. Well, no other good ones anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, except for, you know, Practical Defense and Applied right. Karate and right uh practical correct well you know okay maybe there's a well couple. maybe there's a couple but maybe there's a couple but this yes, is the best one exactly and we don't need permission from mommy to uh to record oh and, and there was like a one from texas that was something to do with martial art masters or something like that that was uh that was probably the best one but you know now it's not on anywhere i will okay and that dan had to leave everyone we're sorry to hear that <laughs> Ah, oh. ugly, ugly. Uh, anyway, well then, uh, before we get to our actual topic, let's get back to the fun and frolic of Dan's dojo days. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. I'm looking forward to completing your training. In time, you will call me Master. I'll never turn to the dark side. All grain technique. Does it work? If do right, no can defense. Could you teach me? Half of us learn stand, then learn fly. Nature rule, Daniel son, not the mine. Yeah, I'm not practicing karate anymore. And that was Dan's Dojo Days. Gloom, despair, and agony only. Oh. Deep, 
Hey everybody, it's Paul with a brief reminder that only you can help your favorite martial art podcast. You know, it's the love of martial arts that drives this show, but as the old saying goes, love can't buy me bandwidth. You know, if you're listening to us on your commute, sipping that triple shot, half whip, no foam mochaccino, think about foregoing just one of those a week to help keep us going. Hey, you know what? You could even get a tall instead of a grande and get the best of both worlds. You can subscribe or just go with the Buck a Show plan. So just pull over, put your car in park, and visit our mobile site, m.karatecafe.com. As always, you can always go to our sponsor, Piranha Gear, at piranhagear.com. Make sure you let them know that Karate Cafe sent you. And don't forget, the holiday season is upon us, so don't forget to use our link when shopping at Amazon. Karatecafe.com slash Amazon will let you buy anything Amazon sells, and we get a little kickback on that. Or you can go to our suggested items at KarateCafe.com slash store. And there's also our swag store with apparel and other junk at KarateCafe.com slash swag. You know, we're making the commitment to keep bringing you great topics and thoughtful analysis. Eh, well, you know, most of the time. We do know that times are tough, but for the cost of your morning drink, we can keep going. And now, back to the show. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Despair and agony on me. Okay, on today's topic. Uh, today's topic is either going to be controversial or a, a non-issue. I don't know, but it just came to me the other day. Uh, this topic uh, came to me when I was watching, or I guess rewatching, uh, Game of Death. Uh, with a martial arts legend, of course, Bruce Lee, and other martial arts legend, uh, Chuck Norris, in a cameo appearance as a white guy who gets his butt kicked. And uh, I was watching it, and I was kind of fast-forwarding through... Well, I, as many people may remember, Game of Death was put out... Well, I think all the movies were really put out after Bruce Lee had passed, but uh, this one was actually, um, I think, being filmed, and then he died in the middle of it or whatever. So they kind of did a hack job uh, putting it together. <laughs> uh, and they would lead, did like really bad body doubles and, and uh, really just horrible fill-in work uh, to get it done. Uh, anyway, but the, uh, the the fight scenes and stuff had, had been shot already. So this is actually what I was focusing on was I was watching them and uh, I had to kind of say um... Yeah, not so impressive. Not so impressive. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's one of those things where if if you look at fight scenes uh, from the past and then you look at modern day fight scenes, um, I think that it is the thing I guess to be to be cognizant of is that it's it's all movie foo to begin with, so. Really, there's obviously a practical element to it because, you know, a lot of these people have studied martial arts for for a long time. Um, and obviously, Bruce Lee and um, Chuck Norris knew what they were doing and, <laughs> as far as martial arts goes. But I do think that um, just there's there's been a, a maturity in the in in the fight scenes in movies that has kind of changed the game a little bit um and i think part of it is the stuff that uh are kind of the the old school 
uh, kung fu movies, the wire work, stuff like that, that is that has come to play in in newer, more modern movies, uh, like The Matrix, things like that, uh, that just make things a little bit more exciting, a little bit more interesting to watch. Um, as well as I think that, that, you know, directing techniques are getting a lot better in that you can even have, uh, makes me think of the movie Red Belt where, you know, to watch, to watch two guys have a jujitsu competition, um, unless you're into it, unless you know what you're watching, not very exciting uh, because there's there's a lot of maneuvering for position and things like that. And if you just don't know where people are going and what people are doing and who gets the upper hand when, it's just it's just not interesting to watch. Um, yeah, uh, very true. I remember we reviewed uh, Red Belt uh, on this podcast, and uh, that's actually one of the points that I brought up was you know it's really hard to shoot that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, you know, it being a, a grappling art and, and, and whatnot, it's just it's hard to shoot it where people who are – even people who are martial artists, I mean, there was a lot, some times that I kind of got lost in that whole thing. Yeah, me too. And it, it's – so, yeah, I think there's been a uh, there's been an evolution in filming techniques and as well as fight choreography, you know, what's, what's exciting on the screen. Um, so, you know, back to your point, um, I – a hundred percent agree with you that those those fight scenes from you know the the Bruce Lee movies like they're fun to watch because they're nostalgic. Um, but if if I were making a movie, uh, oh man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If I were making a movie, I'd rather have a Keanu Reeves esque matrix fight scene than a game of death fight scene yeah you know uh when you mentioned the matrix it kind of came came to my mind uh when the first one came out there was a i think it was like an mtv awards or something like that or keanu reeves was accepting the award for it like you know best action hero or something like that uh, which, you know, Keanu Reeves in action. Hello. Uh, anyway, but he said he'd like to thank his choreographers for teaching him movie kung fu. And, uh, you know, so and yeah. he, he, he actually kind of, you know, delineated the fact that it indeed was movie kung fu. Uh, and I thought that was kind of important. And that's kind of where I kind of give uh, Game of Death and, you know, movies back then a bit of a pass. Because, you know, it was for the movies. Now, everybody, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and tap out because I, I know there are people right now typing in their emails going, you know, Jeet Kune Do is awesome. Jun Pan's unstoppable. Mixed martial arts are awesome. Bruce Lee was the greatest thing ever. Um, and, and, you know, I was coming with you in the green room before the show that, you know, like uh, right. Black Belt Magazine used to, you know, back in the day, like everything, like every other month was like, you know, Ninjutsu versus Bruce Lee, who would win? You know, Judo versus Bruce Lee, who would win? It was always blah versus Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was like the touchstone of, of how awesome martial arts were. And so that kind of got me thinking when I was watching it how not impressive uh, it was relative to today. Now, and it, Game of Death is a, is a really great example because, you know, for those of you uh, – spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, for those of you who uh, have watched it, you know, or have not watched it. Uh, you know, he fought, you know, 
various opponents, he had to like walk up a level and fight somebody that was a completely different style. So, you know, he was fighting, uh, you know, Dan Inosanto, which I, I mean, I guess, I guess that was kind of Filipino martial arts because they, but they were using Nunchaku. It was kind of strange. And then, you know, he fought like a judo guy, and you know, so it was kind of like he was fighting different martial arts. So it was like how his style, quote unquote, or his system, fared against those arts, although. At least two thirds of the people that he fought were students of his, so I don't know how different it would have been. But well, he had—I know that he had sort of a personal fascination um, with, and, and I think this is where the um, there is the there's the movie star Bruce Lee, and there's the martial artist Bruce Lee, and I I think that for uh, for all. No, for all non-martial artists and even for a lot of martial artists, they don't realize that those are kind of two different aspects of his personality. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like at least from what I know that the, the movie star Bruce Lee was more of a brand and that he was, he was one of the, well, I, I don't want to say original cause I don't know that much about it, but, I know that he did a lot to to build his brand as Bruce Lee, um, and he was a great entrepreneur and just a, a, a very smart guy as far as that stuff goes. And he knew that you, you know you look at those fight scenes, for example, based on what what I've read of of Jun Fan and um, Jeet Kune Do. Uh, and the Tao of Jeet Kune Do and stuff like that, he choreographed those fight scenes knowing that this is not what a real fight looks like. Um, but I don't necessarily think that he had much of a problem with that, you know, because I think he could differentiate between, hey, there's movie kung fu and there's there's real street fighting. Um, at the same time, <laughs> people have sort of, lifted him up in his in his martial arts so his martial arts persona has been lifted to the point of a demigod because of his uh because of his movie personality um and and those are not the same and i think there are legitimate reasons um to put him on that pedestal as a martial artist but saying that uh, those fight scenes in those movies are a good example of why he's such a great martial artist, just they don't they don't connect with each other. It doesn't. It's not a good comparison. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, I guess there's probably an argument to be made uh, that his techniques in in movies, you know, perhaps because he was so. Um, driven by, you know, making it simple and making it effective and making it, um, uh, well, just basically simple and effective, you know, and, and, and formulating that art, uh, uh, the system that he, or at least the system of training that, that he fomented, maybe part of that was he realized, you know, that's just not going to work in the movies. It's not going to be, you know, although, although I think today it probably opened the door for today, uh, techniques being a little more uh, clean and to the point, uh, I think you know there's there's kind of um, 
some different schools within the martial art movie choreography world of making it look all super cool, like, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and, and Matrix, and making it kind of like really short to the point, like, uh, you know, like in Taken or, you know, uh, basically any any movie where it's – Like know, one of the one of the Born Identity movies or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know. And uh, and even those were really hard to kind of follow sometimes because they were stuff, because stuff was going on. But it was much more, you know, uh, movies back, like you know the Bruce Lee movies were a little more clean as far as um, there wasn't a lot of editing, there wasn't a lot of uh, trickery, and so basically you did what you did physically. So to make it, you know, visible, well, you you would you know. Keep it simple. Like, you know, I watched the the, the fight between uh, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris in Game of Death. I was watching, I was like, wow, that's really kind of lame. I mean, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, from, from the, the, the variety of techniques that were used and yeah. and that sort of thing like that. But, you know, up to that time, that was obviously, you know, super cutting edge and, you know, it really pushed the boundaries right. and opened that door. Uh well, and up to that time were really the 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 classic kung fu movies where you would have um, the the dr- dramatically overexpressed techniques um, where everything was done in a very in a very big way, uh, which <laughs> amusingly enough we've you know like Matrix and things like that has kind of come back around to, um, but. So so yeah, I think that that his fight scenes were probably a little more were more practically accurate than fight scenes previous to his movies, but I also think that he realized that while being practically accurate, a a 100% practically accurate fight just is not very interesting, you know, because uh, as we've always talked about, first time you stick a thumb in a guy's eye and it's kind of over. I mean, most most street fights take, what, five to ten seconds before somebody's on the ground and in pain. Um, so and I guess what one of the things that is is very evident to me is um, I don't believe now I, I know I'm going to get taken to school for this, but I, I don't think that um, in Wing Chun, Jun Fan, uh, Jeet Kune Do, there are any kicks that are really above the waist. And he throws those in his movies all the time. Why? Because they're cool to watch. They're big movements, you know? Yeah, and I, that's, that's kind of, you know, one of the things that yeah, I, th- I think we're touching on is making it look cool. I, I think he had an idea, and probably, you know, rightly so, is is the pioneer of you know uh, modern, or at least opening the door to modern martial arts choreography in movies. Was I mean, it looked cool. It just looked awesome, you know, and you know, with the with the yells and the and the screams and you know the the. Um... Well, and I think too, it's evidence that you that you could do something that was more practical and still make it just as fun to watch. Yeah. It, uh, well, you know, one of my favorite mar- fight scenes uh, in, in a movie ever is from the movie Streets of Fire. Uh, the, the final fight scene in that movie is just, you know, good old American fisticuffs, you know, uh, the, the, the square jawed hero and the, 
the equally square-jawed, freaky villain just punching each other. You know, and then <laughs> just a uh, brawl. Yeah, I mean, have you seen that Streets of Fire? Uh, I I don't think I have actually. Okay, I'll wait. I've heard I've seen Chariots of Fire. Is it is it the same thing? Okay, oh, we lost Dan again. Um, <laughs> no, it's a it's a great old movie from like you know like the 80s, late 80s, early 90s with Michael Paré and Willem Dafoe, and uh, I, it's one of my favorite movies. Got it on DVD. I got it in my Netflix queue. It's great, uh, but the the last fight scene is is nothing but them, you know, brawling it out, you know, just punching, and then at some point sledgehammers come into play. So there you get, you know, have, you, you should want to watch it for that. Uh, have you ever seen the show Deadwood? Uh, not entirety. I've seen a couple episodes. Okay, there's there's a fight scene in Deadwood where these two guys are are essentially they've challenged each other and they're going to go at it, and um. You know, bef- before they go on the street to fight, uh, like one guy's just covering himself with grease, and uh, and essentially, you know, part of the the fight ends when one guy pops the other guy's eye out, and it's one of the most grisly, realistic fights I think I have ever seen. Um, it's it's super gruesome, and you know, 10 seconds in, these guys are huffing and puffing and cat trying to catch their breath, which is probably, you know, that's, that's unless you're a trained fighter, to have that kind of adrenaline and to have that kind of sustained effort for more than 30 seconds or a minute, your your lungs are going to be dying. Everything's going to be on fire. Yeah, you know, and that's also kind of an important point to to make about the um the Bruce Lee movies are you know uh, Enter the Dragon and Game of Death by and large uh, his character in those movies were, was fighting actual martial artists you know or you know people who were uh, their character was you know some sort of trained martial artist so you know one of the parts that one of the things that you can kind of throw into that is it's not you know uh, the bully or the ruffian or or the thug attacking the hero. It's you know actual somebody who's trained that can take a blow. It's so they're trained. Yeah. You know so. Well, and. Go ahead. You know, I think too that that one of the things that you were getting at with this topic was um, there is there is Bruce Lee is very iconic, and as far as you know, Bruce Lee versus a ninja, Bruce Lee versus a pirate, things like that. Um, there is there is really very little evidence that Bruce Lee was a genuinely superior fighter. Um, he had uh, a, a few competitions. I think it was like two or three, um, and he he had some uh, non-sanctioned competitions uh, where you know they weren't ranked. They were. I don't, they weren't street fights exactly, but well, they were non-sanctioned competitions, and so I think the the best that anyone can say is, as far as Bruce Lee's ability and and practical fighting skills, we just don't know. Now, he was a he obviously knew martial arts in and out. He was obviously obviously extremely fit. Um, which I think everybody can agree with, you know, 
stamina is probably one of the biggest factors in like every UFC fight I have ever seen. The guy that burns out first is is the one that's done first. Um, obviously, it's not the only factor, but it's a big factor. So, you know, it's like, could he compete against the top ranked guys in the UFC right now? I don't think it would be close. Um, at the same time, if, if, if there was, if Bruce Lee were born, you know, 20 years ago, then I think that he would probably, and from reading, you know, Jeet Kune Do, throw away what doesn't work, keep what works kind of thing. He would embrace all those philosophies of, um, of MMA, uh, probably do a lot more groundwork. So he would be a fierce competitor if he was, if he was born when, uh, martial arts was at this stage of maturity. Um, so that's why I think like comparing him to, you know, Oh, your, your martial arts is shit and blah, blah, blah. Bruce Lee was a punk, whatever, whatever. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, it's just words to me, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's like people that leave comments on YouTube without having their own videos. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you know, the, uh, well, you, and, and so that's kind of the, the, where I was going with this when I, when I stumbled across this topic was, you know, all those years, you know, all the black belt magazine covers, all the, everyone is like, you know, Bruce Lee was so awesome, man. Because, I mean, look at how awesome he was. Well, the only real, you know, filmed evidence we have of how awesome he was, you know, for the rest of, for, you know, most of humanity, you know, unless there were some sort of secret tapes that were, you know, only, if you're in his, you know, group have, was his movies. And and so now looking at his movies, you kind of go like, yeah, I can kind of see where that's that was outstanding for for the movies at the time. But from a, a standpoint of uh, modern martial artists, you know, you look at them and kind of go like, eh, or, or like me, you know, eh, all right, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. You know, like Game of Death was kind of interesting because, again, he was fighting different, you know, systems and uh, kind of employing some of the stuff from the different systems. And, you know, it's, so you can see there was, you know, some thought that was involved there. Now, knowing what we know of his his training ethos, and you know the the system that he formulated, or at least uh, training metho methodology that he formulated, depending on you know how you want to look at it, uh, you can tell that yeah he actually was a martial artist who put considerable thought and time into his training and his training philosophy and all that other stuff. You know, it, like you say, you know, and, and of course you know you can also look back and go like, well, but if he had not hit the scene when he hit, would that you know UFC and all other stuff be around today? You know, because, I mean, would, well, would, I would the environment support that sort of – because when the Gracies came in, you know, like I, I'm sure there was a, a magazine cover, you know, or multiple magazine right. covers that were like, you know, the Gracies versus Bruce, just, you know, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yeah. Who would win, yeah. you know, and yeah. knowing what we know, like, well, Bruce Lee probably would have as, – as soon as grappling came on the scene, yeah, he probably – and, I mean, he, he was in – picked up the grappling. Yeah, and he did somewhat because, I mean, if you look at Game of Death, he was using a little bit of it in there. So he was using a little bit right. of groundwork. So, you know, there's and, no. And I think that he did incorporate 
uh, groundwork um, into his classes. It's just that it wasn't as I don't know that it was it, it was as apparent um, how how much impact groundwork was going to have. Uh, so I think he he looked at it and he said, that's interesting. We need to pull some of those things in there in here. And at the same time, you know, now that we're, we're sort of processing it and thinking about it, um, you know, I guess my thought is, is how much groundwork do you need to be a competent groundwork to, to build up a competent groundwork defense? Um, obviously, you know, groundwork offense is, is much more technical and much harder to learn, but I've seen these UFC guys and, and the UFC has evolved too, not just the UFC MMA. Um, but MMA has, has evolved too, where you get now the, now a lot of the guys that are, that are winning a lot, um, they have enough knowledge of groundwork that they can put up a good defense and then they're strikers. So they avoid the ground game and they strike. And the guys who have a strong ground game and weak striking, you know, they have a tendency to not come out on top anymore because it's it's more difficult to learn the depths of groundwork than it is to practice striking more and, and sort of learn the depths of, of striking. Does yeah. that make any sense at all? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Or am I just it babbling helps. now? Well, <laughs> welcome back to the show. The, uh, you know, right, yes. <laughs> well, part of that is, is, yeah, I agree. We you know we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get a balance. It's hard to, you know, you know, we've said that, you know, yeah, like you say, martial, mixed martial arts, UFC, that sort of thing has kind of done, almost a revolution of it went from, you know, groundwork being awesome to, you know, stand-up kind of taking more of a role again, you know, with, with some stuff sprinkled in. But what I want to bring it back to is, uh, I guess maybe the other touchstone of martial arts is bringing in, like, you know, movies like uh, Karate Kid. Which, you know, I always say Karate Kid is a great movie up until the martial arts. And, uh, the, well, you know what? Karate Kid is a great movie for people that own dojos. Well, yeah. And, because, and, <laughs> because it gets people flooding through the door. Yeah, you know, it's when um, – and, and by Karate Kid, I mean the original, not necessarily the, the new one. Uh, right. Because, you know, looking back, you know – at you know rewatching them or whatever, uh, well I've maintained for you know decades, man the, the martial arts and Karate Kid just blow <laughs> the whole the yeah, whole training thing. They're awful. Uh, blow you know, and, and as much as you know it is or it is not rooted in actual you know Okinawan history or Okinawan techniques or Okinawan anything, or even general martial art techniques, uh, the the philosophies and the you know all that kind of stuff like that are kind of good. And, and and so, you know, to me, that's almost it, – it runs parallel with, like, the Bruce Lee movies as being an important, you know, entryway into martial arts for a lot of people, something that kind of revolutionized and, you know, uh, martial art movies and, uh, you know, the, the martial art industry 
Uh, it's also kind of a touchstone of, you know, maybe like what not to do <laughs> necessarily uh, in martial arts. Uh, but I think that as as an example of, you know, you know what something that you know everyone idolizes like wow Karate Kid was such an awesome movie yeah it was but the martial arts eh not right. so much and then so but yeah. I I say the same thing for the Bruce Lee movies like eh not so much you know well and 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 they never really specified like how how long his training was for in Karate Kid I always thought that was interesting because I, I I'm like okay he's got... well this is this this show is not about Karate Kid but um. You know what burns me about the new one? It's not even karate. That that really kind of made me crazy. But well, yeah, that makes um, everyone crazy. But and if you actually think about it, uh, you look at the the timeline of of how long the training went. Well, you can kind of get a book in because I think on the on the uh, the poster in the uh, in the dojo of, yeah. of Cobra Kai, they show a date, and he was obviously at a uh, a Halloween some sort of something. You know. Oh, that's right. So I you do have, that. you know, a kind of a couple of months of, you know, to to spin up, and and again showing the awesomeness of Okinawan karate. It only takes a couple of months to be equally as good as uh, your uh, awesome, you know, unverified, I guess, essentially Korean style, uh, as we all know. Oh, from. is that what that? I, I never understood. Is that what that was supposed to be? The guy from uh, Cobra Kai? Well, I mean, if if you look at, okay, now we're geeking out, everyone. Turn on your geek light. Uh, in Karate Kid 3, uh, Terry yeah. Silver, played by an actual martial artist. Uh, uh, <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Michael Ian Black? No, wait. Thomas Ian Griffith. <laughs> Michael Ian Black is a Whoa. comedian who may or may not be an actual uh, martial artist. That remains to be seen. But Thomas Ian Griffith, who played Terry Silver in Karate Kid 3, uh, said, if you remember, he went to the, when he was playing the uh, the good guy – and trying to get in, he said he sends greetings from his instructor, some Korean guy of South Korea or whatever. So that kind of established oh. that, that was a uh, a Korean-based art. Okay. Um, so that's right. Okay, geek lay off. Now, <laughs> so I don't know. Mike never goes off. So so that goes, you know, that kind of provides the framework of how long that training took, you know, and yeah. and that kind of stuff like that. So. That being said, which is insane. Well, and I guess it's insane to think that that he could even compete at all. But you know, I guess the whole thing is sort of highlighted by that the the final kick, right? So yeah, we don't like to talk about ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, is there anything that you have ever seen in? traditional karate that looks anything like that yeah absolutely we you know well um, our system is based on crane concepts and so we have you know been pictures of our grandmaster who's in essentially the crane stance from uh karate kid now but that is not how it's employed (laughs) (laughs) so so there was you know uh, not to say that maybe somebody and, and some crane variant doesn't do that i'm just saying we don't but that's neither here nor there but i mean when you look at at the the martial arts in that movie or series of movies it was it was pretty poor and because you know and you can say okay well that wasn't the focus the the message was the focus and and that's what i'm talking about as as a milestone as a touchstone for martial art movies and training you know people hold up karate kid just as much as you know they hold up the bruce lee movies 
as being these awesome, you know, movies, but they really aren't, you know, from a a martial arts standpoint, from a technical standpoint, eh, not so much, you know, especially, and and for me, my point is, you know, you know, Pat Morita and, and Ralph Macchio were not martial artists, Bruce Lee was, and yet the martial arts are only, you know, in my mind, so much better. I mean, to what degree? That that's arguable, but you know, seeing the techniques that Bruce Lee used back then, and the techniques that were used in Karate Kid, as in comparison to modern day movies, you know, are pretty poor on both both fronts. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like I say, I think that there was what it comes down to for me is there's Bruce Lee the entertainer and there's Bruce Lee the martial artist, and um, I genuinely think that that Bruce Lee would be the first one to say, don't put anybody, including me on a pedestal. And if, if, if you think there's some idea that I've come up with that you don't agree with, then explore the alternative experiment, try it out. And I think that he'd be the, probably the first one to say, I was wrong about this, or I was wrong about that, or whatever the case might be, if it's true and he experimented with it, it's 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 the kind of thing where uh, uh, read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, <laughs> because as soon as you start, uh, well, uh, it, it, as soon as Bruce Lee becomes an idol, and you start following any ideals sort of mindlessly, then. I think you totally miss the point of of everything that he had to say, and I think that's really the value that that he brought to the martial arts was he was the I don't want I don't know if he was the first one he was the most popular at least the one that I know of of saying question your instructor uh, don't just do this stuff because your instructor says you need to do this stuff actually start taking a look at it and take a more scientific approach to your martial arts in that, you know, uh, hypothesize and experiment and say, does this really work? Does this work for me? Does this make sense? And when you start to follow stuff by rote is when you end up, uh, well, to offend a bunch of people, um, is is when you end up dancing instead of practicing martial arts. Right, and then that also brings kind of an interesting counterpoint because I'm comparing basically the Karate Kid flavor movies and the Bruce Lee flavored movies. And in, in Karate Kid, you know, the famous line is, you know, I say you do, no questions, you know. And then, uh, and then, but then ironically, then later he he did question, and you know. He showed him the value of what he was teaching. So I guess there's, you know, there's probably a lesson to be learned on either both of those. Because yes, I agree, Bruce Lee would probably be, from everything I understand, the first guy to go like, yo, you know, groove to your own stroke. You, you know, you never stop researching, never stop thinking about it, never stop training. Uh, and I, I'm fairly certain, you know, we've said this before, you know, I'm fairly certain that if Bruce Lee were to look at the state of, you know, Jeet Kune Do training today he would kind of go like all these people you know he would say to a lot of the people that are you know like 
or not a lot of people. There, there are factions of people who are like presenting rank in Jeet Kune Do and people that are kind of systemizing it. Probably more than he, I think, he probably would would have wanted. I mean, he obviously left notes and 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 whatnot, but I think that he probably would have, you know, if if he were still alive today, have. I mean, I think Jeet Kune Do would be uh, different than it is today, you know, or or that well, community and- would be different than it is today. Yeah, and and I think, um, at least from what I know, uh, is that typically what what you see online and 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 what you see in schools is it's actually um, Jun Fan Kung Fu taught as Jeet Kune Do because uh, I don't believe that Jeet Kune Do had any techniques in it. Um, Jeet Kune Do was simply a, a, a a philosophy of martial arts. Now, you need to put that philosophy in some sort of context uh, because otherwise it's just it's just ideas on the page. And the way Bruce Lee put those ideas into context was was Jun Fan. Um, so yeah, to get the idea of getting ranked in Jeet Kune Do is is kind of weird, but I think you could just as easily teach. Jeet Kune Do in a jiu-jitsu dojo as you could uh, Jun Fan, Wing Chun, Krav Maga dojo. You know, it's it, it's it's this philosophy and this idea of um, you can, for example, playing with ranges. Um, uh, you can play with ranges in, in every art. And in fact, you should. Uh, you should experiment with uh, what do I do and how does my art react to the kicking range versus the punching range versus the grappling range versus the trapping range kind of thing? Um, the the idea of uh, what high-low high striking, you know, where, you know, the, the, you know, the idea of fainting or, you know, all that stuff. These are concepts and ideas that can apply to any martial arts, not just – um, uh, Jun Fan, it was just how Bruce Lee expressed the ideas of Jeet Kune Do. And yeah, to see it sort of not just system, systematized, but to, to, to see it codified, I, I think that would have been very against what exactly what the point was that he was trying to make. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I mean, I, I also think you know, kind of bringing it close to the topic because we're we're just about out of time here. Is um, you know, I think that that holding up Bruce Lee as, you know, the 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 awesomeness that he was, and using the movies as, you know, the touchstone for pretty much everyone else, is a, kind of a fallacy, and I don't think is is really representative of, yeah. of what he did. And so that's that's kind of what uh, what kicked it off for me was when I was watching, it, I was like, wow, my mind, this is so much more awesome. <laughs> you no, know, and, and I, I remember the fight I, scenes in, in Game of Death as being just like really, really awesome. <laughs> well, and they were the first time you watched them. Yeah, yeah they were, and, and, and that's the thing. But now, you know, down the road, I, yeah. I'm kind of like, wow, you know, eh, really not that great, yeah. you know. Well, but but I think too, it's like, uh, you know, it, it would like being. I think it's kind of like comparing the the special effects in the first Frankenstein movie to Jurassic Park. And yeah, they're a lot more awesome now than they used to be. <laughs> and I guess, um, and, and, and to the credit, I guess, of the Bruce Lee movies, you can, 
probably say that I mean I have held for a very long time that the you know techniques like in Karate Kid the original uh, were uh, the martial arts were not that great but right. I've held for a lot longer that you know the martial arts in the Bruce Lee movies were pretty awesome so so I guess right. maybe I guess maybe the sticking the the sticktuitiveness of the impression of the techniques uh maybe that's the the tail of the tape there you know that yeah. that 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 I held that up as being you know more awesome than it may have been really but I didn't you know examine it that closely so and uh yeah. and and so that's that's kind of where that kicked off and so but you know for anyone who has a comment a question or a uh, a, a demand for the the head of um Paul and Dan, you can always email us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Uh, we've gotten several other people that have joined the forums, and we appreciate that, and we appreciate the uh, the uh, comments and stuff that have been coming in on there. But don't forget, you can always email us with topics, you know, topic suggestions or comments that may or may not be read on the air. Actually, probably will be read and on the air. And we're always hungry for topic suggestions. And we're always hungry so. for topic suggestions. So that way I don't have to be sick and sitting on the couch and then stream through Netflix. So uh, that's... Exactly. Yeah, so you know, you guys are a really important part of this process, and we really appreciate your uh, your input. Totally. Uh, Dan, I think that's about uh, all the time we uh, have for this topic today. I think so too. Thank you. I am glad to have you back, and I'm sure all of the listeners are <laughs> glad to have you back. I say it's glad. I'm I'm very glad to be back. That's yeah. It's my ninja, uh, my ninja fights were exhausting. <laughs> now it's time to rest, recoup, and. That's uh, right. And put forth the, the knowledge that you have learned. Uh, That's right. Anyway, we appreciate everyone for listening. Again, go to our sponsor, ProtoGear.com. Let them know Karate Cafe sent you. And uh, Dan, good talking to you as always. Good talking to you too. And to everybody out there, we will talk to you all again, both of us, very soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. Remember, you can help support this podcast by going to our sponsor, Piranha Gear. Go to piranagear.com and let them know Karate Cafe sent you. You can also support the show by donations. Go to karatecafe.com, click on the support button, donate as much as you like or as little as a dollar a show. That's all we ask. And as always, you can continue the conversation on the forums at karatecafe.com. We'll talk to you again very soon.